Hi guys and welcome to episode 2 of the Bolding Fraud podcast. This week we bring you our thoughts on the shambles of a competition that is the FA Cup. We go through our favourite transfer window horror stories and see who follows Sam Allardyce as our second fraud of the week. The Covid situation remains pretty bad for a lot of people, so why not unwind from the stress of it all? Just two mates talking rubbish about the nation's favourite sport. It's the Bowling Fraud Podcast with Henry Shah and Henry Knight. And we are back for another episode or episode two of the Bowling Fraud Podcast with me, Henry Shah. And me, Henry Knight. Good. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you spoke. I was worried that was going to lead to an awkward silence. We, just, haven't, we, we haven't I, heard. I think I was just more amazed that we've managed to make it to an episode two. Really, I know. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. Say, so, looking back at our figures, we have had seventy nine listens with sixty five different listeners. Did you think we'd get to that? No, I just thought it'd just be me and you, really, just talking to ourselves for an episode. Yeah, ple- pleading for our friends. Please listen. Please. Well, they'll, they'll listen to the first one, but this one, this one won't be able by anyone. Let's be real. Yeah, they've given us their pity for one week. You know, we're no strangers to silence. No, not at all. No. Having said that, looking at where we have been listened to all over the UK, we've got a, li- a couple of listens in Scotland, a listen in Wales, um, and plenty throughout England. Not just where we live and where we come from, but in. Dagenham, Exeter, Helston, Kidderminster, Leamington Spa. We we've gone national to an extent. I think the 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 national tours on next really, really. Yeah, yeah. Two episodes and we're on for a a national tour. I will say thank you to everyone who did listen to the first episode. We um we really appreciate it. It's just little something we thought we'd do in lockdown to, I know, cheer a few people up, and it's great that more than we both expected have uh, have listened. It's really, really good. Oh, you're not going, it's me. <laughs> oh so, sorry no, I didn't I didn't know what to say. <laughs> As you can tell we are very rehearsed. Um what, what what have you been up to this week then? What have you been up to? Oh not much. Um uni, FIFA, you know the usual. Um I did hear a little little rumour about you today that you you've gone off to, to set up another podcast, am I right? Am I right in saying there's there's a Henry Shaw Liverpool podcast on the way? Uh, No, there isn't. This is is a story that uh, my partner was uh, going through my iPad and she saw that back when Liverpool won the league back in June, July, for some reason I'd left this voice note on my iPad um, starting a Henry Shaw Liverpool podcast. I don't know if I don't know if I did that when we won the league because I'd had a few drinks and was a bit pissed. Were you, were you set on that name as as your as your one? Uh... The Henry Shaw Liverpool podcast. Well, as you can see, it didn't really stand the test of time, and the fact that it exists in a twenty minute audio twenty minutes twenty, 20 minutes se- twenty second audio clip, I should say, that has now been uh, deleted. I'm sure. I'm sure we can find it and dig it out somewhere. I'm yeah, sure of it. I think so. Uh, to give an update on uh, what I've been doing, a bit like Henry, uh, uni work and um, FIFA, but bit of a bit of a shock. I got caught speeding over the Christmas period, so we'll be uh, attending a uh, a uh, safe drivers mm. course or whatever they call it in 
in the new well in the new year sometime. So yeah, so that's what that's what's new in my life. Mm-hmm. Big. Sh- I was glad that I could get out of paying the fixed the fixed fine, and we'll be doing the speed awareness course. Yeah. Sure. See, illegal driving, bad driving, whatever you want to call it, get you off the road. That's what I say. Yeah. Get you off the road. Well, as frustrating as it is, I'm not going to offer any any excuses. Don't you know? It's it's annoying, but it is what it is. But uh, yeah. Um, also in the week, I think Henry Knight, if I'm right, you've been thinking up dream future guests for us if we get even to an episode three, episode four. Oh well, yeah, always on the lookout for future guests. You know, the the chase is on to to try and to try and have a, a good kick off with with the guests. Is that a hint? Is that a hint? No, no, I don't think there's any hints really. You know, <laughs> no, definitely no. Definitely no hints. We were talking about our our dream guest, and I think we both we both came up with the same same idea, didn't we, Mika Mika Richards? Yeah, Mika Richards for me would be would, would be someone you know you've got to love, got to love his laugh and his his punditry, his relationship with uh, Roy Keane is definitely something that I think everyone enjoys. Keane playing up to the usual shit house shithousery and Richards being the complete opposite. So, Micah, if you are listening, we would love to have you on here one day. Uh, I think the chances of him listening are quite remote. Tag him. It's Tag him and, you know, just send it to him on Twitter. Let's abuse him and let's get him on. Not physically yeah. abuse him, obviously, or verbally. Let's just, you know, spam him. Yeah, tag, tag him until the restraining order comes through. <laughs> and then then we will, <laughs> we will be long. out of... Yes, well, I say we'll be out of a job. I this isn't a job. This is just us messing around for an hour and hoping people want to listen to it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> God. Well, anyway, it's, it's good to be back. And we will start out with a review of the weekend's FA Cup One action. of the best tournaments in the world. Let's do it. Uh, it isn't. <laughs> And we will begin with the weekend's third round FA Cup action, a tournament which I loathe and Henry Knight loves. I, th- I think it's a tournament you can't hate the FA Cup. I don't know why you are. I know why you hate it, but I don't understand why. You know, maybe for those bigger clubs, it's not as good. But the little clubs, the small clubs, you leave one league two and your non-league teams. It's the, it's the best thing to be involved in if you can get a cup run going. Hmm. Well, we drew Aston Villa in the third round, and due to a COVID outbreak, they had to field most of their under-23 and under-18 team for the game. And for half an hour, it was bloody stressful when we were drawing to these kids. Some of them couldn't even make their own way to the game, so the parents had to take them. It was mortifying. i tell you what I, I noticed. how though. bloody stupid the tournament is. i tell, I tell you what I noticed. I, I saw that Liverpool were not not struggling, but they they couldn't find a foot in the game until until they brought off Jordan Anderson. Oh, God. and I tell you what, I tell you what, if that was Jack Wilshere, that wouldn't have happened. It'd have been two or three up before Louis Barry even had a sniff at goal. Before he even had a sniff, we wouldn't have needed to bring on Thiago against the team of kids. Jack Wilshere would have solved it just as he solved injury uh, problems in his career. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Couldn't solve his injury problems, no, which is a shame because I'm sure he would have been good. But nothing on Jordan Henderson, who's won the Champions League and the Premier League. Uh, thankfully, 10 minutes of quality did uh, see us through. 
And to be honest, and I know this is going to be unpopular, I'm going to be hated for this, I think, well, 4-1 flattered them for a start. And, you know, credit to them, they, you know, they did all right for a team of kids, but, you know, I think 7-6-7-0 would have been a more reflective score. And I tell you what, we played a strong team in the game. Mane, Salah, uh, Henderson, as you said, played. And uh, TalkSport pundit Tony Cascarino came up with the rubbish that we should have played an under-23 team as well to sort of, make, I don't know, to make things fair. What a load of nonsense. The point at the end of the day is to win the game. It, it's ridiculous. I know. I, I, you know, for once, I actually agree with what you're saying. Um, I think... Thank you. Thank you. I know. I know <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But I think... Um, I think I think as if you're an under twenty threes player and and if you're a Villa player in that situ- situation that you you want to play against the top players you want to play against Thiago Salah Mane all these players because you know you want to make a point I think and a few players I think did really well I haven't, I haven't got their names but the centre back for Villa um, and, and a couple of the midfielders the, the defending at times was phenomenal and the, probably the one chance that Villa had they took it you know. So I, mm. I, I thought it's really good for them to to come up against a strong Liverpool side. So, you know, a lot of journalists are paid to talk shit. We do it for free. Yeah, that's true. We do do it for free. Interesting. You said you haven't got their names. That sounds like a lack of research. It's you, you lacking in the research this week. I know. Well, I've got a whole book of notes here, but my FA Cup notes are slim, and I've only put games, noticeable games down. Really, I didn't, oh, didn't right, even okay. write Villa v Liverpool. <laughs> not an not an important game. Well, in that spirit, then, and as you're the big uh, fan of the cup, why don't you run th- run me through why this weekend was such a inverted commas special weekend? Then I said, well, I think the FA Cup does lose its its special shine when there's no fans in the ground because you look at Marine v Spurs at the weekend, and even without a lack of fans, there were still fans there in the homes, and that's what I love about yeah. the FA Cup that. You could just be dolling around on FIFA. You know, you finish your game of FIFA, you go into your garden, all of a sudden Gareth Bale's on the other side of the fence playing against Marine, your local side. That's what I love. That's what I love. I love the community feel amongst some clubs like Marine, where where you know they work hard all year. They're not they're not professional in any means. The goalkeeper play uh, works at works at bloody Sainsbury's. You know, and, yeah, Vinicius Junior certainly showed in, didn't he? I mean, yeah, he did. A lot of people, a lot of people are slating him at the moment. But you know, if you've got to have a level of arrogance to be a striker, you've got to be, you know, you've got to be confident about your own ability. And if he wants to celebrate, he can celebrate. You know, if I, you know, if I ever have kids, if I'm scoring against them in the garden, I'll be knee sliding. You know, I'll be giving it. <laughs> I'll be like Martin Keogh if I ever save a penalty against them, getting up in their face like they're Ruvan Nistelrooy. Yeah, no, no mercy shown to the kids. Bit like Liverpool, uh, bit like Liverpool this weekend. No mercy at all. Talking of <laughs> under twenty three players, I think Derby showed that you know it can't be done. It can't be done with with surely comfortably beating Derby's under twenty threes because obviously another COVID outbreak there. Mm. I will say though, I was talking about this with one of my housemates, and I was saying that was probably a h- harder game in some respect. Oh yeah, well, because surely are professional, aren't they? Well, somewhat. no, I think well, they might be. They're non-league, mm. but kids are like, you know, they haven't got the physicality. Sorry, what I mean to say is Marine would have been harder than um, Liverpool versus Villa um, kids because the Marine guys were blokes, you know, got a bit of strength, got a bit about... Then it's the, the balance of technical ability. 
So your your yeah. Villa players uh, would be technically better, but lacking in the lacking in the uh, mature side of it. And Marine players, yeah, are uh, a, a, probably a bit stronger, a bit bigger, a bit more built, but they're lacking yeah. on the technical side. And you know they, they've definitely got not got the training facilities that that thing you have. I do think Liverpool would have would have seen Marine off better than Spurs did. Well, I'd like to bloody think so. Um, now, again, this is going to be unpopular, but as I said last week, I was hoping Marine got spanked to dispel this magic, stupid magic of the cup notion, which they did. But also, bit of bit of an issue. Obviously, it's a great occasion for them, but and I know I'm going to come up. I know what you're saying here, and I the, the, the bore the boring, you know, rule abiding one. But I did chuckle. The BBC posted a tweet of all the fans sort of outside looking. You know, waiting for the Tottenham bus or whatever to arrive, which they then had to delete because they realised they're effectively glorifying a load of people breaking the lockdown. I, I, you know, a second time, I, I agree with you again. I think it was ridiculous. You know, so many people there without face coverings. I know it brings a damper on how good the FA Cup can be, but you look at those people and you go, you know, you know the rules. You know, so do I. You know, just so just stick to them. Just stick to them. Stay in your homes. I thought it was ridiculous from those fans. I think everyone there should get a fine. But we won't go into politics. We won't go into Whoa. Yeah, don't get too political. Gosh, gosh, you're not uh not holding any punches with that one though. That is I mean, I'm just fed up is... being in my room. Yeah, yeah, you just get a bit a bit uh a bit fed up. Uh uh some of the other times that happened, your employers got, got a bit of a seeing too, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, I, I watched that game uh Leicester are a top team really now they're, they're probably if you read it the big six they'd, they'd be knocking on the door or they are knocking on the door of it um, so I, I think the the scoreline maybe was uh, was fair was very fair actually well yeah Stoke were awful yeah. <laughs> they were it would have been a completely different game if, if Vokes had put it in it at 1-0 but at uh, 0-0 sorry to make it 1-0 but again that's uh, ifs buts and maybes we don't deal in spots and maybes. Yes, no, of course, of course. Um, and moving into the draw to the next round, uh, my hatred of the tournament was proven to be uh, not irrational, considering that we drew, we've drawn Manchester United away in the next round, which is going to be, well, a, well, no, it's a difficult tie at the best of times, especially in this in this unprecedented season. Who demands City get? Oh. Only another easy away cup draw to Chelsea. I like I like I how you you get really angry about it, but it is literally pot luck, pot luck. Yeah, I'm 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 not having it. I saw rigged was trending because everyone agrees. I hope Liverpool get knocked out now. Genuinely, hope Liverpool get absolutely battered, and I hope Man United have to fill their twenty threes against you first. <laughs> what United play their under twenty threes against us and still beat? Yeah, well they are assuming. they are top of the league, aren't they? Well, no, they're not. Not no. yet. At time of recording, not they're not, not. But maybe at the time we've at uploaded time it, then they are. No, at the time of the recording, they're not. Well, in that vein, we should probably build up to the big game at the weekend, shouldn't we? Uh, again, uh, apologies to listeners of other clubs, but it is a game of the weekend, and it is it is my club. I'm shitting myself. I am shitting myself. I mean, I normally do when United come to Anfield. But the last few years, there's been that bit of confidence. We're the better team. We'll win the game, and we have done. This year, I'm I'm really concerned, especially we've not played Fernandez yet as well. Yeah, I mean Bruno Fernandez, an unbelievable player, unbelievable player. I think he'll be the difference in that game. 
Um, but you know, it's one of those. It's one of those games where anything can happen, and it, for people watching, it'll be it, should be an excellent game. But it's probably got nil nil written all over it. Well, because yeah, I'd take a nil nil. I would take. I know we need a win. I'd take well, a Man United fans would as well. I think it suit all parties. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they might do, but I think if they if they beat Burnley, which is tomorrow night, tonight, whenever uh, uh, I don't know, whenever we're recording this, um, I think they wouldn't take that draw. They'd want to win. They'd want to win and go six points clear of us. So I don't. I don't. I think they. I think they'll be going for it. It won't be the usual performances we've seen at, at Anfield from United the past few years, where they've literally parked the bus both under Mourinho and Solskjaer. So that might open the game up a bit. But I tell you, if if I wake up on Monday morning and we're six points behind United, there won't be a third it, it episode. Be, it could be the end of the bowling for Just be me on my own talking to myself. People, I wouldn't mind that actually. Well, a lot. I think a lot of people might be breathing a heavy sigh of relief if that is the case. Let's, let's pray for it then, guys. Let's pray for it. Let's pray for it, yes. Right, uh, moving on to our main feature of the episode. It is January, so we thought we'd uh, take a trip down, you could say, memory lane, and look back at some of the best and worst transfers of the last uh, 20 years yeah, or so. Yeah, 20 let's, let's do it. It is January, and that means only one thing. The January transfer window. Dry January. What? Well, no, no one's been, no one in their right mind is this January of all Januaries you think will be doing dry no. January. I was tempted so, to do a shot before I came on. Did you? No, well, I've, I've had a beer whilst we've been doing this. I've got one right now. You've got one right now. Brilliant. So we're all, we're all set up. Uh, no, it's the January transfer window. The probably the worst of the two transfer windows because less clubs are willing to get rid of their their players. But we thought we'd uh, focus on transfers for this section of the podcast. And uh, on our social media, on our Twitter, the Bowling Fraud Podcast at the Bowling Fraud, we have put a poll up uh, asking you guys what is the best bargain of all time. We've got four options on there. That's Milner to Liverpool, Mares to Leicester, Lewandowski to Bayern Munich, and Pirlo to Juventus. Uh, so we've got the poll up there. Currently, Riyad Mares to Leicester is winning that, but we've had a couple of suggestions in the comments as to other bargains. So please go and vote and add your suggestion to that. We will reveal the winner in next week's episode. So I'm sure you all, you all can't wait for that. I think uh, people People are buzzing already. Yeah, I know. They can't wait to see that 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 a rather inane Twitter poll. Uh, we also put a tweet up asking your ideas for the worst transfers of all time. And uh, we got decent responses, actually, from some of you, which is pretty good. So we've got um, Andy Carroll to Liverpool. It's obviously a famous one. Rubinho, who was uh, the British record uh, transfer at the time, going to Man City. That was a bit of a bit of a thing. Less said about him now, the better. Uh, yes, yes. Let's said about him now. The better. Um, and you, you were accused in this by one of our listeners. Someone saying Henry Knight, Arsenal to Swindon, Swindon to Stoke. So someone questioning your <laughs> your loyalty. <laughs> loyalties. I, I don't think my my loyalties should ever be questioned, really. But you know, I, I'm happy to I'm happy to move through all those clubs. It's good good set of clubs there. Yeah, yeah. The left, again, I think the left said about your loyalty, the better as well, to be honest. <laughs> but we thought we'd uh, we'd uh, not say spice up, but make this a bit more interesting by 
going through our wor- our worst signings um, of the last 20 years or so. Because worst is normally more uh, fun to talk about than the best, isn't it? You'd rather talk about the flops. The ones that, the ones that haven't worked out rather than the ones that have. Because the ones that have, if I'm being honest, are a little bit boring. It is a bit boring. When you when you watch, you know, uh, Danny Dyer's football funnies or whatever, you, you you watch you watch for the shit. Yeah. You watch for the for the for the poor quality football, not you know, not to see world class stuff. So we're going to go through our worst uh, three signings each. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Henry, if you want to kick us off, I said I think this one's just. I think everyone's probably thinking this right now, and it's probably the funniest. I reckon. It must have been a prank. It must have been a dare for for Ali Dia to to Southampton. I think what what I can't say what was Graham Sinner thinking because I think he was kind of forced his hand. But how it came about with him pretending to be you know related to to George Weah, that's, that's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. They did no no background research, you know, for this. And I, I remember. Sooner saying that, uh, you know, talking about signing him, and he said uh, it, when he came on for Matt Lissizier, he was everywhere the ball just was, you know. <laughs> but he wasn't up for scratch, and I think as soon as that that moment happened, it, uh, they, they realised quickly that he wasn't a footballer. Yeah, well, I don't know if you've seen, before he rang up Graham Sooness, apparently he tried to get Harry Redknapp to sign him. Oh, Harry Redknapp probably would have had a tricky little player. Tricky little player, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, well, Redknapp was at West Ham at the time, and he and he, he spoke on BT once that he got a call from someone claiming to be George Weir, and he was convinced that it was him, but he decided against signing Ali Deer, who then went to join Southampton in one of the most unbelievable transfers and players to have played in the Premier League. Probably the wor- probably the worst footballer. To have played in the Premier League. I mean, no, I'd probably beg to differ with some of the worst players in the Premier League. Probably a few well, knocking around now play for Sheffield United. Oh, that's controversial. Well, as we record, they are beating Newcastle, I... so they're set for their first win. So I Which think is you're, a shame. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> right, so I'll go for my number three. Now, this is an odd one because his record isn't exactly that bad. And it's not one that would immediately come to mind, but I've gone for Gonzalo Higuain in his loan spell at Chelsea. Now, to be fair, he was only there on loan for a few months, but with the pedigree he came from, and I remember Chelsea fans thinking, yeah, he was going to light up the That's Premier League. His, yeah, his performances, to say the least, were disappointing. I mean, five goals in 19 games isn't the worst, but I think a lot of fans, once they saw him play, they weren't that keen on him. He was always offside. Always offside. Looks a bit overweight and un- unfit, you know. He's a bit... Only some players can kind of carry that look and get away with it. Brett Pittman yeah. being one of them. But, um, you know, <laughs> I'm not comparing Brett Pittman and, and Higuain because it would be, you know, polar opposites. Brett being at the top of his game and Gonzalo being at the bottom. Well, quite, quite. Um, I think what's also quite telling is that despite Higuain being this sort of, you know, High class striker. The club still, Chelsea still relied on Eden Hazard as they had done for a few years to get the goals. And Olivier Giroud was the preferred striker in the Europa League final. You think if you're going to final, you have your, you have the, you know, the bloke who's won. Actually, I don't think he did win the Champions League at Real Madrid, but he's played for Real Madrid yeah. and Napoli 
scored plenty of goals there. You think you'd go for him over Olivier Giroud, but he wasn't... But, you know, he, you look at Olivier Giroud's goal-scoring record, and it's well, more at Arsenal than Chelsea. You know, he hit 50 goals quite quickly. I think he got there quicker than Van Persie and, um, and some other top strikers at, at Arsenal, you know, throughout the years. I, I think Giroud is probably better than Higuain in, in well, some aspects of the game. Yeah, you could you could argue that. Uh, what did make me chuckle is Higuain had the gall to say that one of the reasons why he hadn't done so badly at Chelsea was because they won the Europa League. Slight problem with his uh, theory there is that he only made two appearances. That's like, yeah, it's like Rob Green saying, oh, I didn't do yeah. too bad at Chelsea. I won the Europa League, you know. Totaling, a, totaling about 25 minutes and he didn't score in it in either. So from where he'd come from, the fact that he delivered very little and then had the bollocks on him to come out with that. Uh, Gonzalo Higuain to Chelsea is my number three. My my number two is someone that not many listeners, if, if any, will know about. Um, and I was having a chat with one of my mates, uh, Aaron, last night, and he, he gave me this one because it, it it's a... It's a, it's a dead cert for me and one of the weirdest transfers ever. A player called Harry Agonbar. You know, he's not a household name. He's, you know, he's not even a name you'd say down the pub. But he's... Um, I don't know where he came from, but he joined Swindon back in about 2014. And the only reason he, he signed for Swindon was because the owner at the time, or, or the owner, owed his dad some money. And the dad went in, and, <laughs> the dad went in and, and threatened the owner with a gun. Not sure whether what type of gun it was, but he went into the ballroom and said, look, if you don't give my son a contract, here's a gun. There's a bullet with your name on it. And uh, very, very quickly, Harry Agonbar signed a pro deal at Swindon for, for maybe two years, I think it was. I don't think he plays Can anymore. Can be true? Pardon? Can it be true? Is this known to be true or is this alleged? This is, this is known to be true. Talks about rumours amongst the fans that, that it is true and it. Doesn't wouldn't surprise right. me with the dodgy dealings that go on at Swindon. But you know, it's not even the worst thing. His dad is well, his dad is a crook, but his father in law is probably even worse. His father in law is Wayne Lineker. I can't think <laughs> of anything worse than Wayne Lineker being your father in law. Well, him being your dad, being one of them. <laughs> what a weird bloke he is, you know. Uh, it, oh, I'm not God. I'm not slating this bloke's football ability even, but he was fucking shit. Yeah, I don't even, I don't even, can't even recollect him making an appearance. But he was part of that playoff final squad that got us to got us to Wembley that year. But I don't think he did much. He might have just stood around in training, could do what he wanted. That's that's a that's quite a fascinating story. I hope we were, I hope I hope we won't be upsetting anyone with some of the accusations that have been. I made. mean, Harry, if you want to come on the on the podcast and and talk about your time at, at Swindon or whatever time you had here, but you know, would absolutely loved it, love it. You know, he seemed a good character amongst players, but footballing ability is probably on par with mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Right. Uh, moving away from any legal troubles we might find ourselves in. We're going to court. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number two is Paul Koncheski to my club, Liverpool. Now, where do I start with this transfer? Now, he was the epitome of the shit that was around <laughs> Roy Hodgson era. I mean, there was a couple of transfers I could have gone for for this one. Milan Jovanovic was one. Uh, Christian Paulson, who I who I went to see in the game against Blackpool when they were in the Premier League and was booed off. Now, probably not 
probably not a good thing to do to your own player. But I tell you what, I've never seen a Liverpool player booed off by his own fans before, other than Christian Poulsen. So I think that tells you all you need to know about him. But I've gone for Konchesky. Again, more because of off-field antics. His performances were awfully substandard. And I think what didn't help is that his mother decided to slag off Liverpool fans when they criticised him. And I think it was a Facebook post calling them Scouts scum. I mean, yeah, it doesn't go down very well, does it? When you're, you're trying to implement yourself in one of the top teams in, in Europe and your mum's chirping up on Facebook. No, that that, that didn't help. Uh, another another thing that his mother decided to post was uh, she refused to move to the area with him because she didn't like how people in Liverpool spoke, which again probably didn't go down. Yeah, you can. That's one of those things you well. can think but not say. You know, not that yeah, I agree with it's... what she's saying, but you think it, but just don't say it. Just say it into your pillow. Get out of your system. If if that's like you know, if you're really that angry about the Scouse accent, then you know, I know. Have a yoga, not that you can have a yoga class at the moment. Do some yoga, just try and calm yourself down because it's really not that. I don't know how you can be angry about a bloody accent either. Really, really, I I tell you what, when uh, with with Paul Koncheski, that how old were we at the time? What 12, 13, around that age? Um, 10, 11, so yeah, 12, 12, 12 or 13 time. Um, and that's that was when I was an Arsenal fan. Um, and <laughs> before before you made before the jump. before I made the the move the permanent move to Swindon, but um, <laughs> but um, I, I remember seeing that Lauren Koscielny signed for Arsenal at the same time, and I got them two confused. So I thought Paul <laughs> Konchesky is signed for Swindon uh, for Arsenal. Sorry, and I remember watching Arsenal v Liverpool, and I was furious. I was like, he's wearing the other team shirt. He's wearing a Liverpool shirt. What's happening here? <laughs> I remember being in a bar in Turkey. I couldn't even Google it. So I spent the rest of the two-week holiday wondering why Paul Koncheski had ended up at Liverpool, not Arsenal. Well, I wish he'd ended up at Arsenal and we got Koscielny, because at least for those few years, Koscielny was yeah. decent, whereas Koncheski was awful. Um, his performances on the pitch, as I said, were shocking, one of which I distinctly remember seeing it firsthand. It was against Wolves in the December, and it was Hodgson's last... Home game? No, it wasn't his last home game, but it was one of his last games. We lost 1-0. It was an 8 o'clock kickoff, and Liverpool being so far away from where we live, we didn't get home till something stupid like 3 o'clock in the morning. Possibly one of the worst stretches of sort of going to watch football in yeah, my it life. Sounds, it sounds um, bad. It sounds bad. It, it was a relief then he was sent on loan to uh, Nottingham Forest for the remainder of that season, and we brought back in... Fabio Aurelia, who for, who for some reason had been ditched. I mean, he wasn't world-class, but he was a far superior left-back. Came in for the remainder of the season. So, for his mother bringing the his career into disrepute and his abject performances, Paul Konchesky is going in number two of my worst ever uh, Premier League signings. Here we go. My number one. Okay. And this is not one player. This is not a player moving to one club, it's a player moving to every club in his career because it's not worked. It's got to be Ravel Morrison. Ravel Morrison. Probably mm. up there with one of the best at the time, young, talented players in Europe at the time. But I don't understand how it, you know, why you would sign him now. Why you'd sign him and he's just just had his contract terminated at Den Haag um, four months into his... Holland. In Holland, yeah. You know, Four months into his, his spell there, and he's had a, a contract terminated. But started his career at United, 
didn't make a Premier League appearance, went to West Ham, played well under, uh, uh, what's his name, Sam Allardyce, you know. Then it went downhill again. <laughs> that, went to, do you mean our fraud of the, our fraud yeah, of the week? Fraud of the week. Fraud of the week. You know, then he went on loan to Birmingham, QPR and Cardiff. And somehow after those three loan spells, it probably didn't go very well for him. He managed to make a move to Lazio, of all places. <laughs> He's moved to Lazio, where he was at Lazio for four years, albeit he went on loan twice. He managed 58 minutes of league action. He played 58 minutes in Syria. That was it. A couple of cup games. Then went on loan to QPR. Then went up to Mexico on loan to Atlas. Got released <laughs> by Lazio for some reason. I wonder why. Then went to Ostersunds <laughs> in Sweden. Couldn't cut it at Ostersunds. Then somehow glad <laughs> to move to Sheffield United where, oh, it didn't work out. Went on loan to Middlesbrough. Didn't work out. Went on when they made a permanent move to Denag and shock. It didn't work out. If he finds himself another club, I, I mean, I, I don't know how he, he must have the best agent in the world. He must have the agent must have the same spiel every time. Look, he's a changed man. You know, he knows he's done wrong. He knows he's done wrong. He probably, you know, I don't, he don't know. He doesn't know he's done right. You know, it's, I think he's, a, he's one of those players that will never change. And what surprised me most when I was doing my research, he's only twenty seven. He's young. He's well young. He's still young. Um, I'm, you know, when you're 27, you want to claim you're young. So, you know, he's still young. He's oh, there's no turning back now. He's he's going to be a nightclub promoter in a few years, probably. <laughs> Is that your top? That's prediction? my well, yeah. That that's my top player for worst transfer. You know, transfer of all time, Ravel Morrison to any club he's ever been to. Mm. Interesting. Well, with my number one, I'm going for. A transfer that every time I look at it, I just I, I, I cannot believe it happened. And this is Julian Faubert, <laughs> who. <laughs> Whoa, we're halfway there. Whoa, Julian Faubert. I, I I honestly cannot <laughs> not believe this transfer. This transfer happened. So Julian Faubert went on loan from West Ham to Real Madrid in, I think, January 2009. Quite the remarkable transfer. Uh, he only moved there, apparently, because Real Madrid refused to pay £25 million for Antonio Valencia, who was at Wigan at the time, who I think then that summer joined Manchester United for about half, half £25 million. So, well, there's a mistake at the start, if you're going there because you're a club's second choice. He joined the club on a loan with a knock for a three-year deal uh, at the end of that loan period if it was successful. Funny enough, that didn't happen. Uh, joining, after joining the club, he uh, missed training when he thought he had a day <laughs> off. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Stoke City would be too impressed if no, he imagine, did that. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine turning up to a normal job and going, like, where were you yesterday? He went, Oh, I thought I had a day off, you know. So I, you would get, you would get bollocked. You would probably lose your job. Well, what happened with him? You know, they they probably deducted half his wages. Not like he can't live without it. Um, and he was also caught falling asleep on uh, on on the substitutes bench 
which he then later claimed that he just had his eyes closed because he was bored. I mean, that must be a running I mean, trend, though, a running theme in, in Madrid, because Gareth Bale was doing that this year or last season as well, wasn't he, where, you know, he, he'd put his eye patches yeah. on or mask over his face and go have a little kip. <laughs> Madrid must be a boring place to watch football. I mean, forgetting, you know, the, the 13 Champions League titles they've won, it must be a pretty pretty dull place to go. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know any Real Madrid fans, so no one's going to get too mad. No, that. well, we haven't hit Spain um, yet, and yeah. we can't speak this, so I uh, understand English that well. So, hola, como estas? Oh, God. God, God. Uh, he ended up only making two appearances for the European Giants and would return to West Ham, where he stayed until leaving in 2012. Um, Going back to what you were saying about uh, Ravel Morrison's agent, one of my favourite uh, comments on the Julian Faubert transfer came from uh, Paul Merson on Saturday when he, when told of the transfer, said that Faubert's agent should be knighted by the Queen. <laughs> you know, Paul Merson does talk a lot of shit, but I tell you what, he's come out with a banger there. He's talking facts. <laughs> he's he's talking facts. Any case, that was our. Uh, our collection of some of the worst transfers of all time. I'm sure there's many we've forgotten and many that uh, a few of you listeners might point out to us. Uh, so we will now be moving on to the second uh, weekly Fraud of the Week. <laughs> it is time, Henry Knight, for us to do our second Bolding Fraud, Fraud of the Week. I tell you what, before before we get started, anyone listening, if you can come up with a little theme song for Fraud of the Week, then that would be very appreciated, to be fair. Just that'd, be, that'd be excellent to have a little jingle for that. Um, maybe even an opening theme song as well whilst we're at it, you know? Yeah, save us. For free as well. We've got no save, money. Yeah, save us <laughs> doing the work. Uh, you guys can do it. Um, now, Big Sam Allardyce got uh, our first Fraud of the Week, which I hear he was delighted about. Yeah, you know, he's put it on his CV and, and when he when he inevitably goes on Strictly Come Dancing, he'll be known as the first fraud of the week. Fraud of the week, yeah. That's that that's what he'll be most Has he even ever won a trophy before? If so, would that be like that would be his only that's it, this is his only trophy he's ever won, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I do you know what, I can't I don't even know if he's won a manager of the month. He he might have won I think he's won lower divisions. I do you know what, I can't tell you what he has won. He's no, never well, he's never won a Premier League, he's saying that. Well, he's one of he's one of fraud of the week. Now let's see who will be joining Sam Allardyce as one of our fraud of the week. Last week Henry Knight went first. I'm going to go first this time, and I've gone for Manchester City and French left back Benjamin Mendy, who's had an interesting couple of years since joining City from Monaco. However, in the last week, or certainly since the turn of the year. He's been all over the tabloids. Admittedly, these sources are tabloids. Uh, however, it's been revealed that not only did he break COVID-19 rules over the New Year period by having a party, but it's come out in the last few days that last summer uh, he broke COVID rules by flying in a girl from Greece. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Not only a fraud on the pitch, but also off it. You know, off. I know they don't... Well, have to be role models, but it's a poor role model as well, isn't it? Really, it's 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 not it's not one of the best decisions. And again, I'm not one of these who goes on about footballers needing to be role models. They don't. They're footballers at the end of the day. Mm. They sign up for that. But in a in a pandemic, 
him flying in a girl from Athens and then her posting a video of his house, which he asked her to delete, shows that he was clearly trying to hide something. I don't, you know. Allegedly, he allegedly told her, don't worry, they ain't going to check, <laughs> uh, when she was queried the fact that arrivals at the time needed to self-isolate for a period of 14 days. Um, and a quote from the girl who flew in in question, this, this killed me when I saw it, he was single, so I wasn't hurting anybody. We had some drinks and had a laugh. One day, he took me to Leeds, where he saw his dentist. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'd say, I'd say what? That's a quarter. Imagine, imagine giving that to the. Why, why did he go to the dentist in Leeds? I'm sure there's good enough dentists in Manchester. You'd think. Well, in any case, the fact that he took his. <sighs> Girlfriend, if you want to, if if she is his I don't girlfriend, think it's that. well, he was probably swapping uh, no. on Tinder, wasn't he? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it is. I can you get Tinder going as far as Greece? I mean, you can pay for it, and you can swipe wherever you want in the world. So you know, he's he's obviously swiped over Greece and thought, you know what, let's do it. And it, you know, it yeah. doesn't surprise me for for a bloke who played a minimal part in Man City winning the league, and then you know, winning a Premier League winners medal, and then winning a World Cup winner's medal for doing jack shit in the World Cup, you know. You you wouldn't get it from any other guy, really. No, he's 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 missed a lot of games through injury for Man City. Mm. And I know that a lot he's not considered one of the most the a top professional. And I think this will not have helped him, especially it following the offence that is being investigated by the club of having a New Year's party, which, to be fair to him, he wasn't the only Premier League player to do so. There was a few Tottenham players who have done it. And I think that begs the question as to whether they should face punishment of maybe not just a fine, but a ban. Because I, I imagine the managers would say, I, you're not taking my best player, players away from me. Fine them. And then that adds into the, whole, into the whole question. But Mendy himself has let himself down a bit. Um Again, over New Year's, he apologised for his gathering, which allegedly involved him asking an agency for a big bummed Latina woman to be sent <laughs> to his house. And that is a quote from a from a from a source. That's not <laughs> big bummed Latina woman. I say what well, I'd, I'd hate to check his hard drive. I'd hate to see his search history. <laughs> so, for those reasons, in uh, breaking COVID rules twice. Um, trying to hide it, and then the fact that he took the poor girl out to meet his dentist. Uh, that's why Benjamin Mendy is my nomination for Fraud of the Week. I, see, I tell you what, I tell you what, that is a, a top nomination, a top nomination. And I, I did think we would have the same one, but um, we've not got the same Fraud of the Week. Uh, oh, that's good. It's very good. My Fraud of the Week is uh, David Sullivan. You know, West Ham owner. West Ham? Yeah, West Ham owner David Sullivan. And you might be wondering why I've gone for David Sullivan. <laughs> but David Sullivan and West Ham have, have updated their board of directors, which has seen um, Sullivan Jr. You know, join, the, join, join the board of directors at West Ham. But he's also hired former porn star Eve Vorley as a director of West Ham United Football Club. What? He's Yeah. <laughs> So it's, it is his long-term partner, but what she is known for is being a porn star and porn director in the, uh, I think it was early to late 90s. She, she, she uh, ran a business then. And I just think, you know, 
as as directors and as football clubs, you know, you're used to fucking people over and you're used to fucking people. But, sh- you know, that that's taken it to a next level, really. Oh, no. It's taken oh, it to no. a next level where, where they've hired a former porn star. I, I, you know what? And I, I do believe, I do believe David Sullivan did make his money from porn and he was involved in the industry, but still he was never a porn star. And I just think that's absolutely ridiculous. You'd expect it from maybe a lower lower side, but a Premier League side who are trying to be a top club, poor, you know. I just I just think that that's my nomination for fraud of the week. And I think we've got a tight one this week, a very very tight one. We have we have a tight one. Now I now I would say, as fortunate as that that sounds, to be fair, she could be knowledgeable about business despite you know being a porn star. And she might have some knowledge about football. I think. On the... I think. Pardon me. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, um, I think we got to give her some credit. And the fact that Mendy has blatantly broken these On rules, the I think. Your I, one, though, I, I... She could have been a dentist. You never know. I mean, Eve Vorley could have been a dentist for one of her films. We don't know that. I've not done that much research. <laughs> She she might be. I I th- I think Mendy should get. It yeah, this we'll week. go. We'll go I for think... Mendy. We'll go for Mendy. But people on people get on Twitter. Let us know who your fraud of the week would have been, um, and whether you agree with our decision that it is Benjamin Mendy this week. Yeah, find us on Twitter. Send that into the Bolding Fraud Podcast. Find it at find it at, at the Bolding Fraud. Right uh, there, you go. That was. Uh, so oh, good, good episode. That was good episode. It was, yeah. Um, you won't hear this, but there was a couple of couple of t- mistakes we made in our recording, which which made it a bit a bit different. But hopefully, hopefully, people enjoy this one as well. And yeah, next <laughs> next week, next week's will be a good one. We're going to be talking about football shirts, aren't we? Yeah, our favorite football kit. So, uh, like nominations for fraud of the week. Send in your favorite or least favourite football shirts of all time. Until then, it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me.